I'm Ruma Tenbrink, and welcome to the Children's Bedtime Stories podcast for adults. I am so excited to be reading to you my first book this evening. I really hope you enjoy this, and I hope it helps you fall asleep in a beautiful slumber and take you to a faraway land. Thank you so, so much for listening. World-renowned musician, environmentalist, and humanitarian Dave Matthews, in collaboration with popular children's book author Cleet Barrett-Smith, has conjured an exciting and poignant fantasy about a girl who must confront her past mistakes before she can save her peaceful forest community from a gigantic threat. I am honored to read to you, If We Were Giants, Little Voices Can Have a Huge Impact. Let joy begin as we read Part 2, The Tree Folk. Chapter 21 Kira and Luan sat in front of the hut's cook fire, wrapped in blankets and holding warm cups of tea. Maham brought them hot strips of meat. Kira was so achy and tender that her body felt like one big bruise. But a full belly and the safety of home were helping her feel like herself again. Thank you so much, she said, as Maham placed two more strips of meat on her plate. You're welcome, dear, Maham leaned in and whispered to both of them. I kept him at bay as long as I could, said you needed to heal up and rest, but I'm afraid he will be back soon with some serious questions. Luan nodded. We know. It's okay. Thanks, mother. She gave them both a kiss on the forehead, tears in her eyes, then stood up as Loba entered the hut, all business. We need to discuss this further. Kira and Luan nodded. Loba knew the basics. They had shown him the giant puppet on the way home, while Tiha and the others had told him about the initial attack and Luan's abduction. But Kira knew he would want more. Loba removed his cloak and hung it up. He sighed heavily and sat down in front of the kids. He held their gaze for several unnerving minutes before finally speaking. We will go over your punishments later. This meeting is to discuss what we are going to do now. Punishments? Luan said. His finger gingerly circled the burns on his chest perhaps a visual reminder that he'd been punished plenty already. Loba wasn't having it. Going to the river, going across the river, sneaking off with your friends to work on secret projects, bringing unwanted attention to our forest home, attacking an armed group of men unprovoked. He shook his head wearily. Were you trying to break every rule you could possibly think of? But, Father, I was only trying to help. 
This is my fault, Loba, Kira said. The punishments should be entirely mine. Loba shifted his hard stare toward her. But before that, I need you to listen to me, she said. Really listen. We need to prepare for what's coming. Children do not tell their elders to listen. His voice had gone quiet and calm again, which Kira found deeply unsettling. She was shaking inside but pressed on. I'm sorry, Loba. I mean no disrespect. But you heard what that hunter said before he left. He will be back. They will be back. It's the same thing he told me when I was captured, Luan added. He said they were going to bring more men back here. I can confirm that it's true, Kira said quietly. She studied the floor. Loba looked back and forth between the two of them before settling his gaze on Kira. And how do you know that? She took a deep breath. Because... Her voice faltered. It was one thing to remember, to admit it to herself, but it was quite another to say it out loud. Luan slipped his hand into hers, gave it an encouraging squeeze. Because these are the same people who took over my first home. Before I came here, I escaped, but they... A tear spilled down her cheek. No one else made it out. Maham slipped over and put her arms around Kira's shoulders. Luan continued to squeeze her hand. Even Loba reached out and patted her affectionately. They all sat that way for a while, holding Kira and letting her cry it out before she was able to collect herself. Finally, she shook her head and spoke again. We can't let that happen to anyone here. We should leave immediately and try to convince the rest of the tree folk to do the same. I know it won't be easy, but we can do our best. Leave? Maham said. Where would we go? Luan asked. Loba was studying Kira. Why have you not talked about these people before? Hush, Loba, said Maham. Can't you see the poor thing is... It's okay, Kira said. It's a reasonable question. She took another deep breath. <sighs> I was trying desperately not to think about it. I blocked it out, remembering my family. It was just too much. And we understand, dear. Maham squeezed her shoulders again. Loba was still looking intently at her. Can you tell us why they attacked your people? Anything that would help us make a plan moving forward. Kira swallowed hard. She was absolutely certain that a full confession would be the best way to handle this moment. And yet she couldn't do it. Couldn't bear for this family to turn on her, be repulsed by her. So she shrugged and quietly said, I don't know. They just showed up one day. Our people were caught unprepared. I was lucky to escape. She shivered all over. I'm telling you, we should pack up and leave, right now. I hear what you're saying, Kira. But even if we decide to do that, we would not need to leave today. The rainy season will last for several months, and while it's here, 
No strangers will be crossing that river. I know, but as soon as the waters lower, they will come, and we will be helpless. Luan scoffed. What's all this talk about running? Didn't you see them falling all over themselves to get away from our giant? What we need is an army of giants. He smacked his fist into the wooden floor. We'd fight them so hard, they would never return. You know that's impossible, Kira said. Please don't get me wrong. I'm so grateful for what you and your friends did. But the only reason it worked is because you caught them by surprise. When they come back, they'll be ready, and they won't be afraid. Loba shook his head. She's right. Use your sense, boy. It took you and your friends over a week to build that thing. And it didn't even have a body. You would need hundreds of people, all working from sunrise to sundown, to build enough of those things to stand up to a real army. An image flashed in Kira's mind, peering under the rocks with Moam, seeing the bivouac ants and their structure made of thousands of bodies, each small component of the community, weak on its own, but strong as a unit all of them working perfectly in unison to protect their most precious assets. She looked around at each member of the family. But we do have hundreds of people. Loba wrinkled his brow. What do you mean? Kira made a sweeping gesture with her arm, indicating the forest all around the hut. The tree folk, this affects all of them. Instead of warning them and telling them to leave the forest, we could ask them to help build an army of giants, Luan jumped in, and we could make them even better. It was Tiha's idea to make the arm into a weapon, right? Well, she had lots of other amazing plans, but we just didn't have enough time to do all of them. She had even figured out a way to make them walk if we had enough people. We could be an unstoppable force. I bet we could. Loba held up his hand to cut Luan off. This is foolishness. There's no sense in even talking about it. It was silent for a few moments before Kira worked up the courage to say, Why? Loba scowled. What do you mean? Because tree folk families keep to themselves and always have. That's why. We take care of our own and do for the people we know. It is our way. But the takers coming back will affect everyone, Luan said. Maham cleared her throat. The people in this forest have never been faced with a threat like this before, she said quietly. They may have the capacity to change, if the situation is dire enough. Loba looked around the hut, saw that he was outnumbered. I need to think about this. He stood and walked out the door. Kira, Luan, and Maham sat silently. They had spoken together for an hour or so after Loba left and made some plans of their own, but they had talked themselves out. None of it would happen if Loba disagreed. It was well past dark when he came back. He stood by the cook fire, and the dying embers made shadows play across his face.
They all looked up at him in anticipation, waited for him to speak first. So, he looked at Kira, what is it, exactly, that you are proposing? Kira stood and met his gaze. If we can get all the tree folk in one place at the same time, I can speak to them. I will explain. I will make them understand what needs to be done and ask for their help. And if they refuse, which they will, I have no doubt, then we leave the forest, protect this family. The others will have to make their own decisions. Loba dropped his head and ran his fingers through his hair for several moments. At last he looked back up. And how will we gather everyone? My friends and I can do it, Luan said. We'll start in the morning and go from tree to tree. Say there is an important gathering and the fate of the entire forest rests on the outcome. Not everyone will come, Maham said gently, but I am willing to bet that enough show up to make a difference. Loba considered the three expectant faces and sighed heavily. Then he stared directly at Kira. If we do this, it's going to be my name on the line, and if the meeting does not go well, I'm sure we will be strongly encouraged to leave this forest, even if the takers never come back. Kira stood up straight. I will do my very best to convince them. I'll tell them my story. He waited a long time to respond, so long that Kira thought the entire plan might be scuttled. But finally he spoke. This family has put its trust in you. Loba pointed a thick finger at Kira. Your story, he said, fixing her with his gaze, had better be good. <laughs> 